you know your grandparents how they are, mm-hmm. uh, or at least most of them. They'll they'll take you, you know, every time you stay with them, they'll take you to Walmart and get you a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> and I remember my my grandma was always like, "Those things are so ugly," <laughs> and, and I was like, "I don't care. I love them." Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes, you do that, and welcome to another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your host, Rob, today, and... Actually, today I have no co-host with me, but I've got an awesome special guest, and his name is uh, Cameron Childs. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Hey, two times a charm, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, uh, Cameron and I, we've actually talked a couple days ago, had some... uh, We had a great time. Great time. We talked turtles. We talked about his upcoming project, which we're going to definitely talk about here in a sec. And then we go to, I go to edit it, and it was skipping every five seconds, so uh, we're going to try it again here on New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, so we're going to begin uh, 2018 on the right foot. Yep. <laughs> so uh, so guys, uh, first of all, for those of you who might not know Cameron, uh, he is an active member in our, our Facebook group, and also, uh, actually, I just recently got to interact with you not too long ago, and uh, it was all over a Turtles track that you guys did, um, and I found out that you have a band called The Mad Gear. And you have a GoFundMe project. Uh, basically, you're living the, the dream of having your own <laughs> video game made. Actually, it's already made. So, dude, where should we go first with this? That's that's an excellent question. <laughs> well, I, I guess we'll talk about the things that's most related to Turtles. Sure, first. sure. And that would be that we recently did some recordings uh, here at my place. I've got kind of a uh, amateur home studio here. And the band played... Um, a live track of uh, a cover of the Technodrome theme from Turtles in Time and Hyperstone Heist. Yes. Um, the gen- you know, depending on which system you had growing up. So, uh, yeah, and we were really happy with how that one turned out. We tried to share it to a few pages, and one of those was Turtle Flakes because we figured, you know, take it straight to the people who are going to appreciate it. <laughs> and, um, you know, both those, those games are really great. They both have really, for the most part, the same soundtrack, but... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, two great versions of the same music, and um, I'm glad you say that because th- those video games, you know, uh, everyone always praises the Super Nintendo version, but I think the Sega is just as strong. Yeah, it's, it's just apples and oranges. But uh, but yeah, I, I immediately was drawn to your cover because of how professional it sounded, and I uh, love all the uh, the instruments involved, and I love that guitar solo in the middle of the song. It's it's actually one of my favorite Ninja Turtle tracks, and that's one that doesn't get a lot of play. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just a really great tune. It's catchy. It's memorable. Um, there's there's a lot of good stuff on that soundtrack. And again, it doesn't really matter whether you're picking the the SNES version or the Sega yeah. version. They both sound they both sound both really great. cool in their own way. But uh, man, that's such a good one. And um, it worked really well for our bands because we have horns in the band. And uh, we wanted to do a lot of video game music is kind of 
call and responsey, mm-hmm. but this one especially. So you got all these big hits, like orchestra hits, and then you've got the melodic line, and then you've got um, like all this guitar stuff going on. Yeah. So it really worked well as like a way to kind of bounce the lead back and forth between instruments and it was just a lot of fun to do that's awesome man well you know your band is uh top notch man and speaking of the band um how did y'all come about like tell us tell us where this whole idea came from oh yeah well back in 2008 or 9 um i was listening to this band called the advantage quite a bit and uh they were kind of with the original batch of um video game music cover bands like neskimos or mini bosses and um you know, even then I was getting into it after the bands had already kind of dispersed and yeah. <laughs> weren't really active anymore. But, um, man, they, they were very, uh, Nintendo, original Nintendo centric, did a lot of really cool tunes and, um, I just fell in love with it. And, uh, I was a little bit younger than those guys. I was born in 85. I'm 32 now. So I had a NES growing up, but, um, the Super Nintendo was definitely, that's like my quintessential system. You nice. know, nothing's ever going to top that for me. <laughs> so my uh, my theory was, well, um, I really love this band. I love their approach. It's kind of like indie and punky a little bit. And I was like, I wonder, it would be awesome if somebody could kind of bring that into the 16-bit era. <laughs> so that was my the whole concept with the band. And um, unfortunately, like it kind of got to that point where I got – pretty discouraged with it because i'd talk to people about it and be like i want to start this band and you just kind of get this look like uh okay <laughs> um like people didn't know how to process that and maybe yeah. understandably so if you don't know anything about it but um eventually in 2014 so we're talking about six years later i finally found some people and kind of was able to round out the band and get something that could play live like there was a little while where i was kind of like a few years where i was just like well this is just going to have to be a weird niche project and I'll find some friends who are willing to record with me and it won't be a band per se. It'll mm-hmm. be more of a recording project. Right. And uh, I pursued that for a little while. Nothing really ever came of it. So I'm very thankful. Like every time we get together and play, it doesn't matter like if it's good, bad and different. I'm, I'm just thankful that the band exists and uh, mm-hmm. cause it took quite a while to put together. So very, very grateful. That's awesome. So, so how, di- how did the whole band come together? Were these people you knew in high school or something or, just reached out and found some people or let's see i mean i'm in murfreesboro tennessee and there's just it's by law everybody here has to have been in a band or play in a <laughs> band or record stuff in their apartment or whatever so musicians aren't hard to find it's just finding people who a have the chops and b have the uh the time and and uh, skills necessary to pull something like this off mm-hmm. so it was kind of a one by one thing like i i found a guy that said they were a couple of people that were like, yeah, we're, you know, at least vaguely interested. And so they were kind of on hold for a few years. And finally it came together when I found a bass player who was really into it. Uh-huh. And then like everything else just kind of fell into place, thankfully. That's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah, you said your, your studio is at your house. I remember. So that, I guess that's where the video was taken for the Turtles and Time track. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a cool setup. Yeah. 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 We ended up, we, my wife and I bought this house a couple of years ago and, um, it was listed as having a studio in it, which is a little bit generous. It's more just a long room with a wall in the middle because right. uh, <laughs> awesome. they ended up taking most of the equipment out with it. But um, we're making it work. Um, we don't have a ton of money invested in mics and all that kind of stuff. So we're just kind of doing the best with what we got. And it's uh, I'm, But I'm very proud of it. Chris, who uh, plays a.k.a. Rex Skeleton, the guy <laughs> that plays saxophone for us, um, what a he name. kind of – 
Yeah, he engineers and uh, mixes and masters everything, and it he really does well, especially considering with uh, the limited resources we have. So, wow, that's awesome. So, so you say uh, you guys kind of started hitting your stride, or at least as a band, you guys started playing uh, together live in 2014. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, 2014, 2015 was our first show. It was kind of one of those things where for a little while it was like we'd get together, you know, like once a month and because um, people were busy with other projects and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And finally got to a point where it was usually every week and we still have, you know, times where we're not getting together for a month or two for whatever reasons. But uh, for the most part, it's pretty much a regular thing now. and We try to play out, you know, at conventions or whatever shows whatever venues make sense for us, because obviously it being kind of a niche band, Mm -hmm. just playing bars or uh, that kind of thing doesn't necessarily go so well for us. Um, So we do try to stick to people that are audiences that are going to appreciate what we're doing. But um, we try to keep it as regular as possible and try to get out there as much as we can. Ah, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, um, I'm a new fan. Of course, we just met here, I guess, about a week and week and a half ago, uh, right. officially. But uh, I'm a new fan. But what I've seen is awesome. Um, I'm a big Castlevania fan, and uh, I really liked your your Castlevania cover that you did. And I love the yeah. videos you guys have been doing with. See, that's another thing about it that I I was immediately drawn to with your band is not only do you have the good music, uh, and of course I love video game music anyway. Um, it, also, the videos are really, really creative and kind of encapsulate the whole spirit of, I don't know, classic gaming and, and, and uh, you know, all the sprites that were in that Castlevania video. It's just, it was really cool, professionally done. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate that. That one was um, a great way to pay homage to um, some really great artwork. Like, uh, it's, it can be easy to forget when you're playing a game how awesome it looks. <laughs> um, and then you get to go back and, and, you know, we've got all these other resources, you know, because of the internet and because of other, you know, devoted fans. Like, there's, uh, the site's called like Spriter's Resource or something to that effect. And, um, I was able to find all these, uh, all the background art for, uh, Castlevania, Super Castlevania 4 for the Super Nintendo, and uh, was able to take those, and they're already split into different layers. Wow. So um, I was able to take that into this program called After Effects and tr- kind of make like a faux 3D. It's like a 2.5D effect hmm. where, you know, you got all these different flat layers, but you kind of move the, your little virtual camera around and it looks 3D. But anyway, we just kind of you know, found a way to insert ourselves into that environment and then uh, kind of make it look like we're playing in Dracula's castle or something. Nah, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it, it came out It came out looking like most of our stuff does, like a little bit, um, I don't know, like it, cheesy but in a good way. Right, that's um, what you're going for. I, yeah, and I had somebody say that it kind of reminded them of like early MTV, and I was like, perfect. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly gonna, what you're going yeah, for. I don't know if you mean that as a compliment, but that's how I'm going to take it. <laughs> So, um, and just talking about videos in general, like we just, you know, talking about Chris doing his sound engineering and me doing videos and another one of our guys is a screen printer. So he makes a lot of, uh, he makes our shirts and all that kind of stuff, our banners and whatnot. So we really try to leverage every, all the skills we have in the band outside of music to kind of, it's, it's definitely a DIY venture yeah um and, and we try to leverage everybody's talents uh very cool man very cool so so you said uh you know you at first i guess you played in bars and things like that uh did you ever get any strange looks because obviously this is video game music here and maybe not everyone's uh 
attuned to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We normally everybody would come up after us after afterwards and be like, "Was that from Sonic Two? Like everybody would get <laughs> the Sonic Two one, but nothing else. Is that right? Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Sonic Two that came in the mail pretty much. Uh, oh yeah. If you are a '90s kid, so um, <laughs> so you know that wasn't really that surprising that you know people didn't recognize tunes from Final Fight or Test Drive Two or whatever kind of. I wouldn't say obscure games we were playing from, but maybe not household names, you know. Um, so people were always nice, mm. and if they really didn't dig it, they weren't saying so. But, um, yeah, there was definitely I, – I think people were making – if they were at the show, they were at least making the effort just to appreciate the music yeah. for what it is, even if they had no reference for it. Sounds good no matter um, you know where it came from. Right, right, and that's what we wanted to try to do partially with this band is like just point out the fact that some of this music is really good mm -hmm. and uh, it translates to a live setting. And uh, you can put, you know, put these notes on a real instrument and it's still going to sound really neat and, uh, and, and it just gives everybody an opportunity to kind of appreciate the work that these people did. Yeah. Um, you know, 20, 30 years ago or whatever. Ah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. And it's, it's cool to see it in that era too. You, you see a lot of the NES stuff. You see a lot of the, um, you know, the golden age of arcade stuff in the early eighties, the NES stuff mm -hmm. in the late eighties and early nineties. Well, it's cool to see like the next generation, you know, the Super Nintendo, the Sega, the Sega stuff in, uh, uh, video game music form. So really, really cool stuff, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about, uh, your campaign right now. And, um, to, to my understanding, the game is called, uh, the Mad Gear Go Right and Fight. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, That's cool. correct. Uh, and it is already finished. And basically, you knew a guy that actually did this all for free, I guess? Or Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I just... Basically, I knew... He was a friend of a friend. He had made a uh, a game um, as... I don't know if you'd call it a thesis, but it was like one of his last projects for school. Mm -hmm. Uh, he had made a game for my friend, and I was really impressed with it. And he had put out after that, he had put out a couple of like 2D platformer type games. Oh, and cool. so one day, I just I just sent him a message, you know, not really expecting much to come of it, saying, "What would it take to make a beat 'em up, you know, starring the people in this game?" Because kind of the gimmick of the band is that we're all tough guys and <laughs> like uh, um, that we're we're playing all this tough music and that kind of stuff. So uh, naturally, a beat 'em up kind of follows sure <laughs> and um and uh he i i expected a response to the effect of um oh i'd need a few thousand dollars for the budget yeah. and uh it's uh you, we'd have to pay three or four different people and it's going to take about four years and uh we need to do this kickstarter campaign or whatever and basically uh no you know for all <laughs> intents and purposes but what he said what he actually said was yeah man i'll get to work on it <laughs> and um, and I, I was like, uh, like I was shocked. I was legitimately shocked. And so what he ended up working on was something that was um, in the vein of Double Dragon mm -hmm. or um, or maybe like an 8-bit version of Final Fight or something. So he put us in there, and then the deal was that we were going to um, compose music for it and do the sound effects and all that kind of stuff and like um, help with like put a story together and all that kind of thing. And, um, that's, he, he did it. And, uh, it, I, I think he had it pretty much done within about four months. And then wow. we spent another couple months just tweaking and, and getting it out to testers and that kind of thing. But, um, I mean, 
even if it had been crappy, I would have been proud of it. <laughs> That's but how I would have been. <laughs> But it's not crappy. Right. It's actually really good. It's fun. It's ridiculous. Like the the sense of the humor of the band is kind of over the top, and that's I blame myself. That's the charm. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's just me, and I can't help it. But um, um, he translated all that very well. The game is is familiar but unique. Yeah. Um, and of course we're really happy with the music. Um, four out of the five band members uh, contributed a track. And uh, some of it was sort of solo work and some of it was more collaborative. So it was a different challenge for us because most of the time it's just opening up these songs on YouTube or whatever and being like, okay, how are we going to translate, you know, this um, this programmed music to a a live instrument? Mm -hmm. And now it was, um, well, how are we going to write something that sounds like maybe it could have been composed for the NES, you know, back in. 1991 or something like that. Mm. Um, so it was a very different challenge, and um, I'm proud of Josh Petty and Brain Jar, who are the developers of the game, but I'm equally proud of, of the band just for um, rising to the occasion and, and pulling something off that was uh, definitely a little weird. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So how did you all do that with using real instruments and then somehow it translates into video game music as we know it, you know, the chiptune music? Well, um, there's actually only one that we uh, have figured out how to play live. Basically, wow. each of the tracks, and I, I want to say there's like nine or ten, they uh, they were composed either on like Fruity Loops or uh, MuseScore or, you know, any one of those like um, – I forget what the name for those programs are, but <laughs> it's not it's not what an original uh, Nintendo composer would have worked on. Right. But basically, there uh, you can emulate the sounds and get it to sound pretty close. Mm-hmm. So they were all composed there uh, with MIDI stuff, and then um, that was just sent out, you know, to me or whatever to kind of like uh, make sure it's all cohesive. We actually had another guy who did all the drums for it because. I was having a really hard time getting the drums to sound right. So, um, oh, cool. That's that's kind of how the process went on that. Very nice, man. Very nice. Well, I tell you what, you guys know how to advertise. You got your own shirts, you got your own videos, <laughs> you got your own video game. <laughs> well, yeah, man. And I mean, it it takes a lot to uh, to get yourself noticed on the internet, to say the least. And I'm sure you know, oh, as yes. a podcaster, you you know. Um, I know exactly what you mean. There's just infinite content, and if you want somebody to take the time, you know, whether it's free or not, if you want somebody to take the time to look at what you've done, um, you really have to go for it. And you know, we try not to be obnoxious, but uh, oh, but no. you do have to you do have to make some some effort in order to just to stand out from the crowd a little bit. And we're hoping that you know through the the videos or the game or this or that that we can kind of do that you know because there's a lot of there's a ton of great video game cover bands out there so it really is a trick of um you know trying to do your best as that you can musically but also just kind of setting yourself apart uh however else you can well you know another thing that really kind of drew me in is the fact that you guys are so funny you know (laughs) you know like you said over the top in in a good way um and one of the things i i noticed when i saw the gofundme page was the trailer for your video game uh, right, and I know we had talked about this, but uh, for the listeners, could you tell how that trailer video was made? Because it is awesome. Yeah, well, um, anytime we've ever promoted, you know, a show or um, an album or anything like that, I've just gotten all the guys to record themselves with their phones, 
and mm-hmm. it kind of goes around and around. You know, like one guy will say one thing, another guy will say another thing, and that's kind of how this one starts. But then it kind of transforms into this like homage to overly excited kids in a eighties <laughs> or nineties video game commercial where just everything is like, whoa, wow, <laughs> unbelievable. And uh, I had a coworker who just has a really great sense of humor. And she and a couple of her, uh, like her roommate and her friend got together, wore some like kind of <laughs> like, like ridiculous. Oh, the clothes uh, loud... were on par, uh, on point, man. And the hair and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they just got together on the couch, acted like they were playing the game. And um, they just, they, they couldn't have delivered any better. I wasn't there to like direct them or anything. I was just like, just be as silly as you want. <laughs> and uh, she pulled it off and it, it's, it's really funny. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So guys, um, again, I'm going to leave a, a link in the show notes for it. Again, the game is called the man. Oh, here's my son. Hey buddy. Yep. <laughs> He's making a guest appearance. Um, uh, the game is called the mad gear and it's go right and fight. That's correct. Okay, yes. Yep. The Mad Gear, go right and fight. Um, so the game's already programmed, and all you got to do is, um, if you feel led to donate to the designer, I know it takes a lot of time to program and design these games. I promise you will not be disappointed. The soundtrack alone is is awesome, and I saw some gameplay videos. It reminds me of Castlevania meets Double Dragon with Rock and Roll 2, and it encapsulates yeah. the whole 90s gaming feel. So, so guys, you got to check it out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just as a side note, on the uh, the GoFundMe page, which I'm sure you'll have a link, but it's uh, GoFundMe.com slash TheMadGear. And um, there we do have a few rewards set up. So it's like, you know, for five bucks, you can get the the soundtrack on CD. Oh, cool. For 12 bucks, you can get a black and white shirt. For $15, you can get a color shirt. And um, the shirts look awesome, by the way. Not to toot our own horn, but they look really <laughs> good. And um, and yeah, man, it's just you know the the game and the soundtrack themselves are free. Um, and we that was the intention from the beginning, um, just to give it the widest audience possible. But yeah, if if you do feel compelled, like if you if you love the game, if you want to help this guy create more stuff in the future, um, that's why we set up this thing was not only to show our appreciation, but um, you know, sometimes, as the saying goes, you gotta you gotta spend money to make money. Or in the case of creative arts, you just have to have a budget. You have to be able to. You have to have some uh, monetary resources. So that's what we're trying to provide for them. It's not for our band. It's for the developer that was nice enough to give us all this time and effort and uh, artistic energy to to do this and kind of help pay him back a little bit. Yeah, good stuff, man. Great stuff. Well, um, you know, just real quickly, man, because. Uh... I know you're a Turtles fan. I, I just got to ask, do you yeah. have any favorite Turtles stories? Every, any um, Like, what was your earliest Turtles memory or some childhood toys you might have had? Yeah, well, again, born in 85, so my <laughs> earliest uh, Turtles memories are like, or experiences are like before I can even remember. Um, <laughs> I, I remember like, like, the earliest I can remember is being like four, three or four and getting up from a nap. And going to watch Ninja Turtles and being super stoked nice. about it. Like, it would just, you know, again, by law, I had to be into it. I was, I was a boy at that, at that time and they knew how to advertise. They knew how to get to me. Um, they got us, man. And yeah. And they definitely did. And, you know, it, it's not, it's not for, uh, it wasn't something crappy either. Like, I've gone no. back and watched, you know, some of the cartoons are a little dodgy, but I still think they're, they're legitimately good. The toys are genius. I feel like there's just so much, so many memorable 
things as far as the figures go. And then uh, the movies a little bit later, like that first movie is legitimately uh, uh, really good at when it could have when it could have just been a total phone in. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. That was actually the first movie I uh, I ever watched in theaters, and I remember. Yeah. Do you remember that scene where the April's apartment had burned uh, burned down? And uh, for some reason, when I was a kid, I actually thought the turtles were still in there. So I cried in the theater, and my mom had to take oh, me. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's pretty intense. The scene where like oh, yeah. where uh, Raph gets kid gets uh, captured and mm-hmm. and then like uh, Splinter's gone for a while and they have to like regroup and find themselves at the farmhouse. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's just it's a very memorable movie. Very well done. Uh, it looks awesome. Yeah, I, 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 it's really kind of mind-boggling how good that movie is. So, oh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. It's one I go back to just about every year, and my son loves it too. So, it's right. gonna, there's got to be something to it. That's uh, Turtle Power right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, you know, you were saying that we were right in the cusp of uh, all of it, man. Do you have any um, toys that uh, you remember growing up? Oh yeah, well yeah, I have to mention um, that I had needle nose, which I that was the first thing I thought of when I thought of the weirdest turtle toy that I owned. Uh, it was probably that one. Like I was always getting my, I mean, you know, your grandparents how they are, mm-hmm. uh, or at least most of them. They'll they'll take you, you know, every time you stay with them, they'll take you to Walmart and get you a Ninja Turtle. And I remember my my grandma was always like, those things are so ugly, and I, and I was like, I don't care, I love them. Um, and, uh, but yeah, there's just so many, like I looked up this list of like top 10 weirdest, uh, turtle toys or something like that. And needle nose was on there, which if you don't know, is this giant mosquito, mosquito. that the turtles can, it's a, another vehicle, uh, <laughs> that the turtles can ride. And I remember there was a bumblebee um, one too, a giant bumblebee that like the foot soldiers could, could ride. Yeah, naturally. I wonder if this is <laughs> some kind of like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids situation where they could ride and they were small enough to ride insects. I don't <laughs> I mean, know. That's it's it. weird. It's weird. And then um, I had Ace Duck. I uh, actually had to get two Ace Ducks because I ended up losing one. And I just liked the – I don't know what it is about a duck in a bomber jacket, but I just had to – I just had to have another. That's awesome. And then um, I had the uh, the Trash Man that has like a little – he um, – He's got like a little thing on his back you can put ooze into, oh, and then yeah. the ooze the ooze will come out of his front. I can't remember the guy's name. I think it's just something kind of lazy like Trash Man or something. Yeah, was but, it Mutagen Man? Um, was that the one? And what? I don't think it was Mutagen Man. Is like transparent, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, you can see through him. I'll, I'll um, this check. this is a different guy, but yeah, I can't I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, man, just that's one of the most memorable things about the turtles in general is just. All the bizarre toys. Oh, yes. And, I mean, it, it, it goes without saying in this conversation that the games made a big impression on me. Oh, Like, sure. uh, I owned the first two on NES, and, you know, they kicked my butt all over the place. <laughs> uh, the first one especially is notoriously hard. Oh, um, yes. Great great music in both those games as well. Um, and then it wasn't until later that I actually owned Turtles in Time, but I liked to rent it, especially if I had a friend coming over <laughs> that wasn't like um, – I remember renting it one time when I had a friend come over who wasn't like super video game literate, mm-hmm. and I was like, I need an easy beat 'em up that we can co-op together. Right. And that one, if you put it on easy, you can pretty much breeze through it. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just super fun game, and uh, and uh, yeah, love it. Ah, good stuff, man. So um, out of the Nintendo games, you know, so you got uh, the first game, you've got the arcade port, 
and uh, the Manhattan Project. Which one was your favorite? Um, it was the second one, um, oh, nice. TMNT 2, the arcade game. Um, I never owned the Manhattan Project, and I remember that came along pretty late. Yeah, I was late in the NES cycle, yeah. The mu- the music in the Manhattan Project is so shredding. Like, yes. it's just like, like, everything is so, like, uh, radical. I mean, for lack of a better word, there's no one, there, it's just, they took all the, uh, the themes they had been working on in those prior two games and just ramped everything up that much more. I'm so glad you said that because that's my favorite soundtrack, believe it or not. It's really great. Um, are you familiar with, uh, Vert? AK, uh, what's his real name? I can't remember his real name all of a sudden. He composed, um, the Shovel Knight soundtrack. Oh, wow. I know the soundtrack, so that's awesome. J- Jake Coffin is his name. Yes, that's um, it. I've heard him say on multiple occasions that that's his favorite uh, soundtrack. No way. And it's it's for good reason. I mean, it is really great. Um, one day I'd actually like to revisit the game, but I just I haven't had a chance. Oh, so. That's awesome. Yeah, because I know um, uh, when I started the Retro Junkies before Turtle Flakes, I just loved the Turtles game so much that and the music that I wanted to kind of weave in certain video game tracks, you know, to kind of yeah, as a buffer for the show or, you know, in between segments. Right. And uh, I like stage two or three of the Manhattan Project. I liked it so much, I actually ended up having it be the intro to our show. It's just a great soundtrack all around and a great game, too. Uh, doesn't get the credit I think it deserves because it was kind of right sandwiched in the middle of Turtles in Time and then the arcade game, you know. It's- exactly, exactly. There's a lot of those kind of games that come out at the very end of the system's lifespan, yeah. like... You know, Nintendo being like, uh, I think like 92 or 93 was probably the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the SNES and Sega, like 96, 97, those things coming out then that everybody was just kind of yawning at because, you know, you had a newer, a quote unquote better system right. that had like kind of eclipsed everything. Meanwhile, you've got this game coming out that maxes out. Like people knew all the tricks at that point, right? Yep. <laughs> so it would like max out um, everything as far as like music gameplay all that kind of stuff um and uh but they get forgotten um maybe up to a point now you know a lot of them are being revisited but uh at the time they're just kind of uh left in the dust i guess no i'm with you yeah it's uh it's kind of a shame but it's always kind of nice to revisit them uh, after the fact and you kind of rediscover how great they were but uh but yeah man hey I, I just appreciate you coming on for for a couple minutes and uh Again, I just want to say, dude, thank you so much for, for the great music you guys are putting out there. Any any chance you're going to head out to the Knoxville area anytime soon? Hey, we'd like to. Um, I know that Fanboy Expo yes, is there. Yes, it's in, uh, and, it's in um, June. Yeah, come on yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, so that that's one we'll have to look into and see if we can convince them to let us make a bunch of noise there. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, and also, uh, random note, the garbage guy's name is uh, Muckman. Muckman, oh, I know Muckman, yeah. I yeah. just found it. Okay, so yeah, that's 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 an awesome toy right there. Yeah, it kind of looks like Swamp uh, Thing a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's just <laughs> he just looks like a big human pile of garbage. Yeah, he does. Um, and he's also wearing a clothespin on his nose because I guess he smells so bad <laughs> that even he can't stand himself. That's a nice touch. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, getting sidetracked. No, I appreciate uh, it. But yeah, man. Um, like I said, we, you know, we're just in Middle Tennessee, so not only a few hours away from you. And uh, absolutely, especially you know these shorter trips. It is we do like to play conventions and that kind of thing. So we'll we'll hit them up. 
Hey, that sounds great. Sounds great. Well, um, how can our listeners uh, find out more about the Mad Gear? Um, do you have a certain website uh, that has all your stuff or YouTube? Or Yeah, I think YouTube is the best place just because that's going to uh, point you to all the other uh, everything else. So that's YouTube.com slash the Mad Gear. And if you go there, you'll actually see a couple of our latest ones. Um, we'll have some information about the game and have a link there and a link to the soundtrack as well. But if you want to go straight to the music, that's just um, themadgear.bandcamp.com. And then um, we're easy to find on Facebook, just searching The Mad Gear. And then it's uh, Mad Gear Band, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. So we're not hard to find at all. Absolutely. Well, that's, hey, it sounds great, man. Can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And, and listeners, I, I promise you, you will be – as a matter of fact, actually, uh, Cameron's given us um, his blessing to play Turtles in Time, the Technodrome theme, on our show. So I'll uh, throw that in right here so you can give it a, a listen for yourself. And I promise you guys will not be disappointed. It's some great stuff uh, and really, really fun videos. you got to check out the videos too. So, so Cameron, real quickly, man um, – what kind of pizza are we going to have to close out another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? All right. Um, we're going to start with a whole wheat crust because I'm very uh, health conscious. But oh. then but then a red sauce, uh, extra cheese, and then um, let's go with a Cadbury egg cream. <laughs> and then um, I'm, I'm going to say some kale because, oh, again, yeah. I'm very health health conscious. Right, right. And then um, – and then, <laughs> Let's see. Well, I think you I'm said gonna something go about Tootsie with... Rolls too. One, last yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Tootsie Rolls, but now I'm more in the mood for um, those sour worms. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. The sour, the like bright, the bright worms yeah, or whatever. Sour yeah. than sweet. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right. Well, that sounds good to me. Sounds. Um, oh, my co-host. He he's such a pizza purist. He he kind of cringes anytime I I add candy to the pizza. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh yes. Well, uh, Cameron, yeah. thanks again, man. Uh, it's been a blast and. Uh, Listeners, here's to hoping you guys enjoy your. Let's see if I can remember all this. Whole wheat, red sauce, uh, extra cheese, Cadbury egg, kale, and sour gummy worm pizza. Mm. <laughs> dudes.
Yeah, so so going back to the video games, man, I'm just curious, uh, just for fun, are you a Sega guy or a Nintendo guy? I was a Nintendo guy. Um, I, I, I like to say was because um, I've, I heard the point made recently that it's like, you know what, guys? It's over. We can enjoy both. It's all good. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said and that. And so I actually, um, about three or four years ago, one of my wife's really good friends um, just had this box and was like, hey, guess what? And I looked in, and it's a Sega, and like eight games, and um, one big controller and one really crappy junior controller, because that's how we did it in the 90s. Uh-huh. And um, and I was just I was like this is very cool I haven't I'm gonna be honest I haven't put a ton of time into the Sega Genesis as an adult just because you know I'm an adult and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're you got jobs and stuff. <laughs> uh, but um, man I would love to actually find a few carts of my own start a little a small collection um, but yeah growing up definitely um, Super Nintendo and actually speaking of turtles we um, I've got Turtle in Time and I've got Hyperstone Heist. And this is one case where you can say the Super Nintendo version of that, you know, it's not the same game, but the Super Nintendo uh, analog, or however you want to say it, is definitely better. However, the music um, is is really great on the Genesis, and um, really, really puts up a good fight, so... I was going to say, that's interesting you bring that up, too, because um, I'm actually with you on the music of that, because um, I had the Super Nintendo version of mm-hmm. the time way mm-hmm. earlier, and I was so used to that soundtrack. And then I got Hyperstone Heist several years later, and I went back, actually recently we did like a video game music uh, mm. episode of the Turtles, and I compared the two soundtracks, and yes, the, a lot of the notes are the same, but they sound completely different because of the sound exactly. hardware. Um, but... It's like apples and oranges to me. It's just what you prefer. Yeah, yeah. And um, I am one of the many converts to the uh, to the Sega's uh, Yamaha chipset, or however you want to say it. Um, yeah. And yeah, as time too. has gone on, I like I just used to slag on Sega sounds so much, and I'd be like, okay, Sonic sounds good, <laughs> but everything else sounds like total garbage. But it's just like as I listen more, I'm like the people that knew that what they were doing with the Sega. Man, killed it! Yeah. It sounds so good and so rocking and so like thick and blah and tough. Yeah, it has like yeah, a distorted um, sound. It's yeah. kind of the same deal with Super Nintendo. If you knew what you were doing with it, you could really make some great sounds. But you know, just by volume alone, there's a lot of crappy stuff on the Super Nintendo as well in terms of music. But um, man, I, I it's, it pains me. It pains my Nintendo heart to say it, but it's like, man, Sega <laughs> had some really awesome music going on in the 90s that I just missed out on because I didn't I didn't own a Sega Genesis so. oh yeah oh yeah and I like what you said earlier man it's yeah, all good exactly. now. <laughs> that's absolutely absolutely um, well you know going back to the band and everything, is, is there a certain track you, you I don't know is your personal favorite that you've done so far uh, let's see um, that's a really good question it kind of just it's it's usually just the latest thing we did. Um, this right. this uh this track from Technodrome from Turtles in Time. Um, man, I was really happy with how it turned out performance wise and just sonically. Everything was there. But if you'd asked me a month ago, I would have been like, well, I don't know, this Castlevania track sounds pretty dope. And then before that, like our <laughs> big release was uh, we did Ken and Giles theme from Street Fighter Two and released. Um, um, Ooh, I've not heard that. An 11 minute short film along with it. Like, it kind of, it's it's about wow. these people having a Street Fighter 2 tournament at like a used video game shop. And um, 
yeah, you should check that cool. out, man, because we were really happy with how that turned out. It's, it, again, it being 11 minutes long, it's pretty epic. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. But it's it's really silly and um, a good time all around, so I'd check See, that out as well. That's what it's all about, right? Well, one thing I've really been impressed with, it's not just great music, but you guys are, like, telling stories of music. First of all, like, the videos, uh, I saw the Castlevania video, and I'm super impressed with, with whoever, I guess, did the whole pixel art, you know, and, and the effects that are in the video, and then, you know, like you said with the Street Fighter thing, telling a whole story in addition to the music, that's really cool, and that's something you don't see a lot of. Yeah, yeah, we try to we try to use our talents outside of music as well as we can. Like I mentioned, our bass player does, like, screen printing, and our sax player does, like, sound engineering, and is able to use that to help us, like, get our stuff out there and make it sound good. Um, I, I'm a video or however you want to say it by trade. So obviously I'm like, well, we need to make videos and we need to make them as good as we can. So uh, for the Sylvania thing, it was just a matter of finding all the ripped sprite online. And it's like, it's already spread into layers. It's not like I do a ton of work there. And just like setting it up as a little filter environments and then putting us yes. in there. Um, yeah, man, that was a lot of fun to work with. And things where once you get to look at that stuff for a long period of time, it's just like the music, you realize how much time and effort and artistry was put into all this stuff. And you just get to appreciate it that much more. Like, I, I love Castlevania 4 for the SNES for so many reasons, but one of them is just visually, it just, it's so awesome. Like, it, it just looks great. It really fits the tone of the game, and it works together. Um, so it was cool just to be able to work with that stuff and pick it apart and, like, really get to, again, just stare at it for a while and be like, wow, it's really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, that that's the appeal to the video game you guys uh, are well, actually already finished, you know, the for the campaign. Mm -hmm. It's it's a beautiful game, and you can see such attention to detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, Josh Petty and Brainjar Labs, the guy that developed it, um, he put a lot of work into the pixel art. And I think, I wouldn't know if he would say he's an artist first before he's a developer, but he's definitely an artist. Like, he... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he paints and you know that's what his degrees in and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, he he really knew what he was doing and he put a lot of work into it. Ah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, again, you know, like like I said, kind of telling the story through your music uh, with with this stuff, and you, you've encapsulated. I don't know if you've meant to do this or not, but you've encapsulated um, the the whole. 90s feel for me. I mean, in everything, everything I'm seeing here, like every time I click on the Mad Gear stuff, it, there's something about it that reminds me of my childhood. And, and uh, even the trailer again for your your campaign, it's like, oh my gosh, that was on overexcited yeah. kids yeah, well, all around I mean, the TV. No, there's really no greater compliment. I mean, it's like if, if someone were to tell us, you know, you guys are A plus musicians and, and you do this well and you do this well, none of that matters um, as much as just I don't know, like making people feel happy, I guess, or just or feel good or like oh, yes. dig down into the nostalgia mine in a non-gross uh, kind of way. Um, um, obviously, yeah, a I'm lot of people you. try to <laughs> mine our, our childhoods um, in, in gross ways. We're trying to stay away from that as much as yeah. we can. But, yeah, I'm... But, and um, it shows, Me and yeah. I'm just I'm nostalgic by nature. Uh, I, I just... <laughs> me too. Um, I don't know what it is about me, but I've even, even as a teenager, I was already going back and buying retro video games and, like, going back... Going back That's to, so uh, you know, things I enjoyed when I was very little. And um, so this is just an extension <laughs> of that and uh, kind of paying tribute to the stuff that I love. 